Welcome to the podcast of Church on the Rock in New Albany, Indiana. We believe the message you're about to hear will encourage you today. Second Peter 3, we're talking this morning about growing up, and we talked about it last week, but I want to continue this. So 2 Peter 3, verse 17, it says, You already know this, these things, dear friends, so be on guard. This is the time and day we live in, church family. Be on guard. That means be spiritually discerning. Don't be naive by what's on social media, by what's on Fox News or CNN, by what's happening in the culture. Be on guard, then you will not be carried away by the errors of these wicked people and lose your own secure footing. Verse 18, rather you must grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And glory to him both now and forever. Amen. But notice it says you must grow. So today, if we're taking notes, uh, the title of my message is Growing with God's Word. Growing with God's Word. That's going to be the emphasis of what we're talking about this morning. And so when I wrote down those, this word growing a few weeks ago, I just want to share a little bit of what I shared last week to kind of intro it for today. And I talked about, you know, I'm not one of those people that God gives a word for the year every year, tries to rhyme it. Y'all know what I'm saying? You know, everybody's got those, those words. And, and sometimes it's from God. And sometimes it's just because people are trying to think something up for the next year. And so God normally doesn't give me words uh, for a year. And, uh, but this year, I felt like he gave me the word growing. Growing. So what I mean by that? Well, I mean it in a lot of ways. I took it a lot of ways. 2022 is going to be a year of growth for our church. It's going to be a year of growth for our church in people. I got two people with me. I need everybody with me this morning. 2022 is going to be a year of growth for people. It's going to be a year of growth in our finances and resources at this church. It's going to be a year of growth in favor. It's going to be a growth in influence of what this church can do. Everything's being put in place for growth. That's what we're all about here because we're going to be the region changing church that God has called us to be. And I also believe when God spoke that word growing or in growth to me that he was referring to dad's ministry. And I believe the dad's ministry is growing in partners and influence and resources and what he's able to do. Because what happens with Church on the Rock and dad's ministry, Michael Jacobs ministries go hand in hand together. We're going forward together. And so uh, we're intertwined together. Whatever happens with church and, and Michael Jacobs ministries, we believe the same's happening for both. And that means we're going to be growing as a church and as a dad's ministry. But I took it deeper than that because I, I know the way that God speaks. And when God said growing for 2022, he meant personally growing. Yeah, that's right. So that's what I want to share with you about today. And I had talked about it last week as well. God wants you to grow personally. Now, here's a quick definition of personal growth. Personal growth is the process by which a person recognizes himself and continually develops himself or herself to reach his or her full potential. Personal growth is an important part of a person's growth, maturity, and success in life. So notice, personal growth is when you recognize, like we talked about last week, you need help. And you need to change. And you have not arrived in any area of your life. And that's okay. That's not to condemn you. That's just to say you're a human being and you need to grow. And, and personal growth, the first step is you need to recognize that's you, yes. not your neighbor. And you deciding to continually develop yourself to reach your fullest potential, specifically in God. So that's what personal growth is. Now, when I'm speaking of personal growth, yes, I am talking to the broader um, version of personal growth, which when I say growing... I'm always thinking this way. When God wants me to grow, he's not just talking spiritually. Now, I believe spiritually is the most important area, and that's what we're going to focus on today. But when God wants you to grow personally, he's thinking spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically. He's thinking relationally. He's thinking financially. When you're a growing person, all those areas of your life are going to be growing. Now, I believe 
The spiritual part of you is the most important part, yes. But to not neglect the rest of it. Now, here's the disconnect. If you're only growing spiritually and nothing else in your life is growing, I don't think you're really growing spiritually. Because spiritually, if you're growing in that area, it's going to affect every other part of your life. Because you are a spirit. The real you is a spirit. The most important part of you is a spirit. That's, that's the, the person on the inside that God created you. The eternal part of you. The part of you that's connected to God. Your spirit man or woman. That, that's, that's the real you, your spirit. So if your spirit who's in contact with God, and, and that's the real you, starts changing and growing, every area of your life will start changing and growing. You're, you're mentally and emotionally going to start being different if you're spiritually growing. You're physically going to make better decisions and your body's going to change if you're spiritually growing. Financially, you're going to be different because you're spiritually growing. Relationally, you're going to be different if you're spiritually growing because the spiritual growth is the root of all other growth. I'm preaching 200 times better than you're responding. And I'm right here on my notes. So if you don't say something, we got a long way to go. Looks like we're having night service tonight. I mean, we're going all the way tonight. You're not leaving till nighttime. That's what I meant. So if we're going to grow, we have to grow spiritually. And it has to be intentional. It does not happen by accident. Here's something I wrote down last week, and I mentioned it. A growing church is full of growing people. You say, I want to be a part of a growing church. Okay. Well, a growing church is full of growing people. It's not full of people that have acted like they are already arrived. They no longer need to grow. They have become everything that God has called them to be, and they have experienced it all. No, that's not a church that's growing. A growing church is full of growing people that are pursuing God, that are loving God, that are pursuing God's greatest in their life, that are growing into their highest calling, their highest fulfillment, their highest plan that God has called them to be. A, a church that has people that are growing like that is going to be a growing church. Not a church that's complacent and like, yeah, we've done this, we've experienced this. I've been here. No. A growing church is full of growing people. So I'm going to be a growing person. So I'm assuming you're going to be the same. If you're part of this church. And that's why I'm talking about it. Because a growing church is full of growing people. But it has to be an intentional choice that you make. I can't make that for you. But God wants to grow you personally because this is what he wants for your life. God has to do something in you before he can do something through you. Everybody wants God's best, right? Everybody wants God's best. We want his prosperity. We want his health. We want God's plan. We want everything that God has for us. And we talk about that all the time, all the time. Let's talk about, you know, God's best, God's upward call, God's plan for your life. But if you want it, God has to do something in you before he does something through you. And what he does in you is personal growth. You have to grow up and grow into God's best for your life. You have to grow up into God's highest calling. You have to grow up into everything that God has for you. It's not automatic. you got to grow up into it. But he has to do something in you first, which that's growing up. That's maturing spiritually. He has to do something in you before he can do something through you. But today we want to focus spiritually. So I think this is really important because your spirit is the real you, as I mentioned earlier. It's the you that's connected to God. It's the root of all the other issues that you have in your life. If you get your spirit right, a lot of other things will fall into place. This will be the best year of your life. Pause. Yes. Wait. That's what a lot of preachers do. They just leave it right there. You know what that is? I feel like, you know, preachers that say that, it's giving people a false hope. I, I don't like to preach that way. I, I, I want to preach faith. I want to preach hope, but not like a false hope. And you're just getting people's hopes up, and you don't give them the rest of the story. It's going to be the best year of your life. 
if you... There's always a, a second part of it. You can't just say that from the, the front to the congregation. It's going to be the best year of life. And people are like, yeah. And then there's another year and it's the same old year. And then you get your hopes up the next year. It's going to be the best year of your life. And it's the same old year. Or, or God's going to do this. No, God's not going to do anything if you're not going to do anything. Come on, I need some help from the front to the back this morning for where I'm going today. No, no, God's not going to do anything until you do something. You're working together with God. You have to give God something to work with. And if God's going to move in your life and you're going to grow and you're going to have God's best and it's going to be the best year of your life, you have to be a part of what he's doing. Now, let me finish this quote. This will be the best year of your life if it's the best year of your life spiritually. This will be the best year of your life if it's the best year of your life spiritually. How do I know that? Because I know if you're spiritually growing, I don't care if there's COVID 2022. You'll still have the best year. I don't care if you had to quarantine again. You would still have the best year if you were growing spiritually. I don't care what happens financially. You would still have the best year if you were growing spiritually. Now, now why do people lose it when things happen externally? And people are extremely depressed and, and worried and suffering. And they're basing all off. I'm not saying it's not hard. It is. External things. Meaning your hope and your faith is in external things. Not internal, spiritual things. Because you could have went through all of this and been in complete peace and joy because you were growing spiritually even during this trying time in our world. I'm not saying I was there that whole time. But I'm saying you could have. If you were growing spiritually, external things will stop affecting you the way they do right now. Elections won't make you lose your peace. If you're growing spiritually. All right now. I told you I'm going to bring it up every day. I have a chance to talk about it till the next election. And whoever gets in, I'm going to have the same conversation. If you were growing spiritually, it wouldn't bother you as much. All right. No, I want to stay here. I really want to stay here, but I got to go. But I really want to say more. You know why I'm trying to say this? Because I'm trying to, to, to push those people outside of our church. <laughs> Why aren't you laughing at me this morning? The people that don't think right about it, I'm going to say, you need to think right about this. You need to go to another church here. I love you, but you need to. If you're growing spiritually, external things will not be having the same impact on your body, on your mind, on every area of your life if you are growing spiritually. It won't. I'm not saying you won't feel it. I'm not saying it won't be hard, but you will still have the best year of your life if you are growing spiritually. New diseases won't throw you for a loop. Elections won't throw you for a loop. Financial issues won't throw you if you're growing spiritually. God wants us to spiritually grow up or mature. So, with spiritual growth, there's similarities to human physical growth. When you are born again, there's that language in the Gospels, you're born again. What are you? You're a baby. You're a spiritual baby. You're born again, just like you're born physically, you're born again spiritually, and you're a baby, meaning you have to grow from that babyhood state spiritually into a child and then when you grow into a child you need to grow into a teenager and then when you're a teenager you need to eventually grow into adulthood if you need to do that physically the same stages happen spiritually you need to grow up now just because you've been in God a long time does not mean you have grown up just because you've been saved for 40 years does not mean you've grown up. 
Just because you've been at church for 30 years does not mean you've grown up. Growth is a choice. A choice that most believers do not make even though they come to church. It's like plowing the field backwards this morning. I'm going to keep going. The quieter you get, the more I bring up the election. Okay? It's a deal. It's a deal. I just want to clarify again. I'm not on anybody's side. I'm on Jesus' side. I don't like Biden or Trump either. I mean, I like Jesus. That's who I'm for. Okay? I'm for the church of Jesus Christ. So human growth and spiritual growth, there's similarities in the stages in the growth. And it's called maturing. So let's look back at 2 Peter 3.18 in the New Living. Rather, you must grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and glory to him both now and forever. Amen. Let's read it in the Amplified. Notice what it says. For indeed, I think I got the wrong verse. Is there any way you could put up 2 Peter 3.18 in the Amplified? Yes, you got this. That was my bad. I can't read my own handwriting sometimes, guys. So we're still talking about personal growth. God wants us to grow up. He wants us to mature. Lamentations 3.18. No, that's not it. Just here to encourage you with verses this morning. 2 Peter 3.18 in the Amplified. Notice what it says. But grow spiritually mature in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But notice that. It says, but grow. And what does grow mean? To spiritually mature. To to stop being a spiritual baby or a spiritual child, spiritual adolescent, but grow into spiritual maturity, a spiritual adult. That's what God wants for us. But grow and spiritually mature in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But I want to talk about something specifically today that if I could tell you one of the major areas that you can grow spiritually or how you grow spiritually, I would share this with you. And I want to talk today about the importance of God's word in your life. Because we all know we need to grow spiritually. We need to mature. We need to grow up. Well, what is the major way that you can spiritually mature? You have to get into God's word. So I want to talk about God's word today. And that's why we titled it Growing with God's Word. Because if we want to grow up spiritually, if we want our spirit to be strong and healthy and vibrant and growing and stop being babies spiritually or even teenagers spiritually, but grow into spiritual adulthood, we need to have God's word. Let's look at a verse, Matthew 4 and 4. Jesus speaking here, he answered and said, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The first thing I want to talk about God's word and the way God's word grows us is God's word feeds our spirit. God's word feeds our spirit. Now, what did Jesus just say here? He's not saying you don't need physical bread to eat. You do, because if you don't eat, you die. But he's saying that just like bread for your body physically grows you up and makes you healthy, God's word spiritually feeds your spirit man and grows you up. As bread is for the body, so is the word for your spirit man. If we want to grow spiritually, you got to eat. Most Christians are starving and wondering why they're still babies. They're starving and they're wondering why they're not growing because there's one thing that feeds your spirit more than anything else, and it's God's word. So our life, we don't just live by physical bread. We live by spiritual bread that feeds our spirit. 
You know, there was a famous preacher who said this quote, and it's so true. He said, people wonder why they're so spiritually weak and malnourished because they feed their bodies three hot meals a day and their spirit one cold snack a week and wonder why they're so spiritually depleted. They're spiritually sick. They're spiritually malnourished because they feed their body three times a week, but then they feed their spirit one cold snack a week. And expect them to be spiritually strong. You won't. You will not. And I love you this morning. But even being here at church on a Sunday morning. Hearing me preach for an hour. Once a week. Will not do it for your spiritual life. This is a starting place, not a finishing place. If you ate one big meal, oh, I feel my help coming now. If you ate one big meal a week on a Sunday and starved yourself the rest of the week, you would be sick and tired and in bed because you would be malnourished, you would be sickly, and eventually you would start dying if you ate one meal a week. But spiritually, most people do that. They come to the spiritual buffet on Sunday mornings because you know this is a buffet. I ain't feeding you no salad. I'm feeding you steak and potatoes and beans and cornbread. And you even got a dessert bar at Church on the Rock. I'm feeding you the good stuff. But if you just ate a buffet once a week on Sunday, which I know Amzie would love to do, he loves him some buffets. You would be a sick person. But spiritually, that's what most people do. They get fat and sassy on a Sunday morning. Ooh. They come out. They got to unbutton their spiritual pants. They got to sit on the couch. They're about to go on spiritual Weight Watchers. But guess what? You're going to be hungry tomorrow. I don't care how much you ate today. God's word grows us up when we eat it, when we consume it, when we make it a part of our lives, not just on Sunday, but on every day. And this would be a good rule if you're having trouble knowing when to get into God's word. How about every time you eat, you get in God's word? If you go eat physically, why don't you eat spiritually? That's a good reminder. Some of y'all would be around your Bible all day long. I mean, if we're going to count the snacks, come on now, somebody. You just better thank God that we're not in a 2022 fast like the rest of the churches around. It's coming next year. I'll give you a whole year to prepare for it. If physical food is that important, spiritual food is 10 times more important for your body and your life. Jesus said, like we need bread. For your body, you need God's word for your spirit to eat spiritually. It grows you up. Now, in that time, in that day, that was before people were gluten-free. Because actually back then they had real food. So like food didn't affect you in a negative way like our processed food does. So in Jesus' day, they ate bread with every meal. No joke, like people in, in the Middle East and people in the Mediterranean area where Jesus lived, still today, they eat bread, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They have it with every meal. It's a part of their culture. It's a part of their way of life. And they don't get sick from it. And they don't get fat from it either. Man, should we all move there? Because when Americans do that, we got to go to Weight Watchers. But in Jesus' time and day, they ate bread all three meals. So when Jesus said that that physical bread is that important, just like God's word is that important to your spirit, they knew exactly what he was talking about because they were like, you have to have bread in this culture to even live. If we didn't have bread some days, we wouldn't eat because bread was everything in Jesus' time and day in that culture, what they ate. They didn't have bread. Sometimes they would starve. That's all they had. And so Jesus said, we need to be that intentional about eating God's word. Just like we eat physical bread, we need to eat spiritual food, which is God's word. It feeds our spirit. It's spiritual food. 
Another passage, Jesus said in the Lord's Prayer, he said, give us this day our daily bread. Now, I don't think he's just talking about physical food there. I think he's even talking about spiritual food. I believe he'll take care of your physical needs, but God has new bread spiritually for you daily. But notice he said daily. Just like you got to eat physically daily, you got to eat spiritually daily if you're going to be healthy and strong spiritually. Are you following me so far? But that's a prayer that Jesus prayed in the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. Physical bread, I believe God's bringing physical food into my life that day that I can eat. But he's also bringing spiritual food if you want it. If you're intentional about it, if you want to grow into it, he's got daily spiritual bread for you to consume and eat and make you spiritually healthy and growing as a believer. You with me this morning? It feeds our spirit. Sunday morning is not enough. It has to be more. Now, we're still talking in this train of thought about God's word feeds our spirit. Let's look at 1 Peter 2 in verse 2. Look what it says here. As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. As you desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Jesus is speaking through the apostle Peter here. The spirit of God is moving on him to write this. Knows what he says. As newborn babes, because we talked about physically growing is similar to spiritually growing. When you're born again, you become a spiritual baby. Just like you're born in this earth, you're a baby. But notice, even babies can grow. But babies can't eat solid food yet. They can't eat meat and potatoes. They can't eat bread yet. So they have to drink milk. But notice what it's talking spiritually. As newborn babes desire this kind of milk, you need to desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. That even spiritual milk would help you grow. You just reading a devotional that you found at the Christian bookstore, even if it was spiritual milk, it would make you grow if you read it. You reading one verse a day, even if you just drank a little bit, spiritual baby, would help you grow. I'm not mocking that, but it would. Any little bit of spiritual substance coming into your mouth, even if you're a baby from God's word, it has the power to make you grow. But as they desire that, you need to desire God's word that same way. Look what it says in the Passion Translation. In the same way that nursing infants cry for milk, you must intensely crave the pure spiritual milk of God's word. For this milk will cause you to grow into maturity, fully nourished and strong for life. That's what it will do for you. But notice the language it says that you need to desire this. You need to crave this. Now, this is the problem with Western American believers. There's a big list. Let's start with one. They don't desire God's word. You know why? Familiarity. We are the most blessed, prosperous nation on the earth. We have made Bible translations for thousands and thousands of other languages. We fund the gospel around the world. We have all grown up with not just one Bible, but hundreds of Bibles. We've grown up with translations. We got a Bible in the bathroom. We have a Bible in our car. We have a Bible in the living room. We have a Bible on the bookshelf. And it's common to have God's word laying around. And we've grown up with this in the American culture and we treat it as common, which it's not. The word of God is a holy, eternal book that is not a once spoken book, but is a book that is now speaking. 
And we've come so accustomed to it in American culture that we have Bibles laying around with dust on them like it doesn't matter. When you got people in China and other countries with real persecution crying over one page of God's word to just read it and to crave it and desire it and to do it and to pray over it. And they're seeing that one page of Bible do more for their life than you having a hundred Bibles at your house. I'll throw this mic if you don't respond. I'm telling the truth this morning. And we have Bible apps on our phones that we can scroll to any time and find any translation that's free. That we don't have to take any effort to get into God's word. We can even have the Bible read to us so we don't even have to read. And yet Americans are most, some of the most spiritually malnourished people on the planet with the most resources. It's not right. And we wonder why the American church is the way it is. Because they're malnourished. We're wondering why we see moves of God in South America, in Africa. And we see moves of God in China. And we see moves of God because they want it. Like the word says, as newborn babes desire and crave that milk that they would grow. They want it, and they get it, even if it's milk. Then you got Americans with a buffet every day of their life. I'm all right. I'm good. I'm saying something today. We're too familiar. We're too common with it. Do you realize men of God hundreds of years ago were burnt at a stake? So you could have a translation of this and you want to throw it on your counter every time after Sunday service and not pick it up to next week with dust on it. When people that created the printing press for one reason alone, and it wasn't to print other books, it was to print the Bible. The reason we have literacy in this world was not to teach people how to read a comic book was to teach people how to read the Bible. And all those people that created these things that we could have a copy of a personal Bible in our own language were killed at the stake? And we treat it as common. You know who grows? People that desire it. You know people that grow? People that want it. You will not grow unless you are desperate and dependent upon God's word. In the scripture, what does it say? Just like a child is dependent on their mom when they're born. That desperate. You'll grow when you're that desperate. You'll move ahead when you're that desperate. Just like a baby has no other source of nourishment, no other source of food other than its mom. And that mother's milk. We have to be that dependent and desirous and craving of God's word. And if we are, we will grow thereby. We will mature. We will grow up. And even if it's just milk, we could grow. How much more when you start getting to other things in the Bible that's spiritual bread or spiritual meat? But if you just had milk, you would grow thereby. Hopefully I'm stirring you up this morning. I'm not trying to condemn you, but I want to convict you on the place that our hearts get because we're so blessed in this country. No, it's pride. It's familiarity. We need God's word. Just like you need physical food every day or you will die, you need spiritual food every day. 
so you can live and you can grow. Now, we mentioned that there's physical growth and there's spiritual growth, but just like physical growth, you're a baby, then you become a child, then you become a teenager, then you become an adult. Spiritually, it's the same way. You will experience the same growth when you're a spiritual baby. You need the milk of the word. Now, I try to do this the best I can, but, you know, we have a church that's a little different because we have a church that was under Dr. Jacobs for a long time. And he was throwing out steaks. And if you were a baby, he's like, choke on it. I don't know what to do because I'm just throwing out stakes. It's okay. He's a prophet. I'm a pastor. They're two different people. And so guess what? A lot of people came to our church and choked on it because he was throwing out stakes. He can't help it. He's a prophet, but I'm a pastor. So what I try to do on a Sunday morning is this. I try to throw out a couple bottles for those who need it. Then I try to throw out some bread Throw out a little hamburger helper for the teenagers. And then for the adults in here, I try to throw in a few steaks and baked potatoes and broccoli and stuff like that. So everybody's happy. I mean, I got such an appreciation for cooks right now that cook for their family. Nobody's happy. What can I make that makes everybody happy? That's, that's my life as a pastor. I can't feed one type of person being the pastor. Because we have people in all different stages of spiritual growth here. And I try to preach messages that whether you have been here 30 years or three weeks, you still understand what I'm saying. Hopefully. Hopefully I do. Because I'm understanding of that and I'm not making fun of you for that. I got to throw out some bottles. I got to throw out some bread. I got to throw out some different types of food. And I also got to throw out some steaks for the people that have been here a long time. So they got some spiritual food. That's a part of being a part of a church family. And to let you know, church family, as we grow, we will have more spiritual babies in this church. Now I'm getting to a point here. The reason I'm saying that is this, those of you who are a little bit spiritually grown up from that, you need to be okay with me preaching for people that are younger than you spiritually. You need to be okay. And those of you that should be an adult by now and that still have bottles, guess what? There's only so many bottles at Church on the Rock. You're going to have to give it up and give it to somebody new. Sorry, you're going to have to get out of Noah's nursery and move on up to the next class, y'all. You are. That's going to be a part of a growing church. Every growing church has that. If there's going to be an influx of people, they're going to be spiritually babies. And those of us that have been here a while are going to need to grow up not have to have somebody change our diapers anymore. We're going to have to hand our bottles to the new ones and be okay with that and realize we don't always have to wait on pastor every Sunday morning. We can eat all week. Hold on, hold on, hold on. (laughs) And then here's a change of view. So you're coming to service, the people that have been here a while, not because you're starving spiritually. You're coming to service already full, already built up, already prayed up, already excited. So you're bringing your spiritual influence with my spiritual influence so we can have the greatest service that we can have. Instead of me preaching to half of the people that should have already eaten that are taking the baby's food off their plate. But imagine what kind of services we can have. Imagine what kind of revival we can have in this place. Imagine the move of God that can happen that when the pastor is not the only one filled up on Sunday morning 
80% of the church is already ready to go. And we're saying, we're full, Pastor. Just give us dessert. Hey, we're here to help these babies. We're here to, here to help these young people. It's not about us anymore. We're here to grow with you, Pastor. But don't worry about us. We're already full. Now, the way I'm talking right now, some of you can't handle it. Why? Because it's mature talking. This is called spiritual maturity talking to a church. I love you. I'm not saying you're forgotten if you've been here a long time. So have I. I'm talking to myself. But I'm saying if we're going to have a growing church, it's time to let go of the bottle. And give it to somebody who needs it. Now, last time I checked, I am Dr. Jacob's son. You didn't think I had a verse for that. I got a verse for that. And I got 25 in my back pocket. I will. Hebrews 5, let's turn there. Now, now listen to the context of Hebrews. He's talking to an established church. Notice what he says. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Stop. We're going to go slowly through this. Are you guys still with me here? I promise we're going to wrap, wrap up in a second here. That wrap could be 20 minutes long, but we're wrapping in a second here. Notice he said, you've been believers a long time. You ought to be teaching others. Do you know that's going to be a major part of us growing as a church? There's not just the pastor who can help people. There's all of you that can help other people. That's what the church should be. That's why we started life groups. That's why we have other things like that. Because there's other people that are as seasoned as me that can help teach others. Because you've been in church for a long time. You've spiritually grown. You're not a baby. You can help other people. That's the way it should be. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. Next verse, if we have it. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and does not know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training, or we could say through growing, have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. So this Hebrews passage said exactly what I said, but in a more condensed way. Maybe a little nicer. He's telling this church, these Hebrews pe people, that a lot of them have been believers a long time. And he's saying, why do we have to come back and reteach you these things? You should be teaching other people. You should be helping other people. You shouldn't still be on milk. You should be on solid food at this time. That's what I'm saying to you, church family. If you're new here today or you've been new here in the past year or so, I'm not talking to you. I love you. Keep drinking your bottle. It's all good. But you who've been here five years, 10 years, 15 years, 30 years, 35 years, you need to get off the bottle. Now, you need, still, you need to eat still, but you should be eating some bread. You should be eating some meat. You should be eating some veggies at this time. And you should be using that spiritual fullness you have to not get fat and sassy and sit in your recliner. You should be using that spiritual maturity you have to get out and help others. Get out and pray for others. Get out and cast out devils for others. Lay hands on the sick and say they recover for others. Go to coffee with somebody and help them out and counsel them because you were already in that situation. You should be teaching others what you're learning from God's word. You should be sharing podcasts with others what you're learning from God's word. Not letting the pastor still drag you when you should be eating solid food. So... That's the desire that I have for this church. Now, looking out at this congregation, I'm not seeing any of the people I meant to be talking to. <laughs> right? They're at home. We got to send them the podcast. 
Everybody who was supposed to be in this section today and missed, that's who I meant to be talking to this morning. But are you hearing my heart today? Now, what are we talking about? We're still talking about growing up and growing with God's word. How do we grow? We have to feed our spirit with God's word. But as a church family, this is the place we're in. As a church that's been around for 37 years, this is the sticky situation we're in. The people that have been here a while need to help teach others, pray for others, grow others, counsel others. Because there's going to be an influx of new people, people that are babies spiritually, people that need deliverance, people that need help. And there's going to be hundreds. Then there's going to be thousands. And so we're going to need more people being spiritual adults around here. In the same way, if we had a hundred babies in the nursery, guess what? We would need a hundred new workers back in the nursery. If we got a hundred new people at church, we need some spiritual adults around here to help them and grow them because they need help. You don't leave a baby alone in a house. You don't leave a spiritual baby alone and expect them to grow either. They need help and they need us. All right. Do I get invited back next week? Okay. I invited myself. (laughs) Now, I I just got a few more things to say. When, When I say spiritually mature or growing up, I don't mean weird. I don't mean confusing. Because sometimes in the church world, we act like sometimes like spiritually deep people or spiritual adults are like, ooh. When they talk, it's so confusing. It's so weird. It's so strange. They're like, they're just spiritually deep. No, they're weird. People that I know that are really spiritually mature and adults are simple. And they're clear. And they're not goofy. They're actually very simple. In the same way, you know when people get older, there's a simplicity about them. You know why? Because they learn what didn't work and what did work. And some people think that older people are a little rough around the edges. No, they're just simple because they're mature. Food, restroom, read the newspaper, pray. That's life. It's a good life. Let's talk about the weather. Let's add one more. There's simplicity in it. When older people give you advice, they don't give you long paragraphs of stuff. They're just like, act right. Love your kids. Treat your wife right. Figure it out. That's how older people get advice. Why? Because they're mature. They're very simple. They're very clear. Same way spiritually. You wonder why Dr. Jacobs gives you straight answers. That's maturity talking. Live right. Okay. That's what I needed. No, I wanted paragraphs, doctor. No, you need to live right. Be in faith. Okay, that's what I needed. So I just want to clarify that when I'm talking about spiritual maturity or spiritual adulthood, I'm not talking about being weird, goofy. When, when you talk about spiritual things or God, it doesn't make any sense to people. That's not what I'm saying. You're not. You're just odd if you do that. You're simple. You're focused. You're more clear on what is important. I want to give you a couple more things for what God's word does for us. God's word renews our mind. Romans 12 and verse 2 says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. How does God's word grow us? It renews our mind. It changes our way of thinking. By changing the way we think to the way that God thinks in his word, it changes our mind and grows us up spiritually. Here's another thing it does. 
God's word gives us direction. Psalm 119, 165. Did I give you the right verse? 105. Well, 105, go with what I wrote down. You're right. I was right. Once again, I tell you, I can't read my own writing. I write like a doctor. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. God's word gives us direction. You know, there's um, so many people that don't know what to do. They don't know answers to life. We live in a, a world that seems very dark. It seems very scary at times. But the word is a light or a lamp to our path. It gives us direction. When we're in God's word, we know what to do. We know what not to do as well. But that only happens through God's word. I would tell you the number one way that God's going to speak to you is through his word. So if you're not in his word, no wonder you don't hear him. God gives us direction through the word of God. There's been time after time I'm reading in a random part of the Bible and I see the right verse. And I'm like, that's my direction. That's my answer. That's my counsel. That's what I need to do because maybe I felt like the situation was dark and I didn't know where to go. I didn't know what to do. But then God's word is a light or a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. And then from the word, I know what I should do. It gives me direction for my life. So many people don't know what to do, but a lot of those people are not in their Bibles. God's word gives you direction. So important. And lastly, God's word heals and delivers us. Brother Daryl, could you come up for a moment? Did you guys get something today? I let her fly, didn't I? So what did we say so far? God's word feeds us, feeds our spirit. God's word renews our mind. God's word gives us direction. And God's word heals and delivers us. Psalm 107, verse 20. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Notice that. God sent us his word and he healed them and delivered them from their destructions. This Bible we have is God's word. The Bible says in Timothy that it is alive. It is God breathed. It's able to teach us. It's able to correct us. It's able to help us know what to do and what is right. But God's word has power in it because God spoke it. And every word of God has power in it. Even the ones you fully don't understand in the Bible, there's still power in it. Even the random story in Zephaniah that you don't understand still has power in it. Because God's word is full of power. And God's word, one of the things it does... Not only does it feed our spirit, which is the most important thing, renews our mind, gives us direction, but it heals and delivers us. God's word heals us. I've seen many, many, many people be healed, not from a prayer line, but from God's word in their own personal life. They were reading in this word and God gave them a verse and they were physically healed because God's word heals us I've seen people get in this Bible when they were having memory issues and God started restoring their memory from the word because God sent his word and he healed us I've seen people get in this Bible and have extreme mental and emotional health issues. And they started getting into this world, this word. And the word started renewing and changing their mind. The word started healing them and delivering them. The word had the power to do the work that a therapist couldn't get in and fix. 
The Word did the work that the medication couldn't do. The Word did the work that no person else could fix you and put you back together again. But God sent His Word and He healed us. And He delivered us from our destructions. This Word of God will grow us up like nothing else will. And no, we don't worship the Bible, but we honor the Bible because this was God's Word written for us. Because some of you have the Bible on your iPad or your iPhone. It's not about just this physical book. It's what's written in it. That men and women of God spent thousands and thousands of years in human history writing down things that somehow survived when dictators tried to destroy this word. When countries tried to ban this word when people tried to erase this word somehow some way this word remained the same this word remained through dictators and empires and countries and we still have it today fully intact that we can read it in 2022 that's a miracle God's word is full of power and God used men and women of God I think there was 40 different authors of the Bible to write what they wrote down inspired by the Holy Spirit for us so we could learn something from it so we could understand who God is so we could understand who we are so we could understand what we're called to. We could understand what God has done for us. And nothing else can tell us like the Word of God can tell us. Are you feeling this today? Because I am. But the Word of God heals us and delivers us. If you got in your Bible every day, it would be hard to sin. Because the Word of God delivers us. Say, I'm struggling with temptation. I'm struggling with addiction. Put the word in you. Because the word has the power to deliver you. I'm struggling with physical symptoms. Get in your word and look up healing verses about your physical body because he sent his word and he healed us. I'm struggling with mental issues. Get in his word and God says he sent his word and he healed us and he delivered them from their destructions. I'm worried about my marriage right now. Get in his word. He sent his word and he healed you and he delivered you from your destructions. I don't know what to do financially. I don't know how to make it. Get in his word and his word will heal you and deliver you. The word has the answer. Once again, as American Christians... We just, after service, see you next Sunday. And then you got Americans saying, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I'm so anxious. I'm so depressed. I'm so scared. I don't know how to help myself or heal myself or deliver myself. You won't. Because this is the answer. God's word grows you up. God's word feeds your spirit. God's word renews your mind. God's word gives you direction. God's word gives you answer. God's word heals you and delivers you. You got it right in front of you here. So important. Did you guys get something this morning? God's word will grow us up like nothing else will. I love it. He sent his word and healed us. And he delivered them. Notice he says, from their destruction. Can we all be honest in here? Most of our issues are our issues. Devil helped a little bit. Wink, wink. But we helped a lot. But even the parts that we did ourselves, the pit we jumped in ourselves. <laughs> The sin we jumped in ourselves, the issues we jumped in ourselves, the destruction we brought on ourselves, God said, I'm going to send you the word and the word's going to heal you and deliver you from your own destruction. 
That's the power of the word. And it grows us up like nothing else will. Could you stand up today? Thank you so much for listening today. For more information about what's happening at Church on the Rock, visit cotrin.org.